0: bring a little something for you guys on today. Uh I'll just get right into it. Uh the title of today's teaching is called Competent Confidence. Uh competent confidence. Uh this message came about really while me and Chris was talking on the phone and as we were talking it was just dropping in my spirit. I was like, you know what, we need I need to share this with you guys because um One thing I know is that we're all under attack, right? Oh, come on. Come on, y'all. We're all under attack. Some ways, some form, he's coming for us, okay? Um, And so I wanted to talk from the topic of competent confidence. Confidence being, the definition of confidence uh, being free and fearless confidence from knowing that we can rely on him. Uh, It speaks of undoubting confidence of Christians relative to their fellowship with God. So your confidence is only as great as your fellowship. I'm going to say that again for my note takers. Your confidence is only The quality of your confidence will always come from fellowship. The more time you spend with the father, the more confidence you will have in him. The less time you spend with the confidence with the father, you will have confidence in yourself. and most of the time we don't spend time with him because we walk into situations and we take we have confidence that we can do it by ourselves. Am I wrong or right? Okay, um, but when we're talking about competent confidence, competent being having the ability, knowledge, or skill to do something successfully. We want to intentionally have confidence. All right, we don't want naive confidence. We don't want to say we're confident in something that we really don't understand. So confidence is the undoubting belief that you can count on him that you can count on him. It's this one right here. So it's the undoubting confidence, belief that you can count on him. I tell you guys time and time again that our faith is in this relationship. Our faith in Jesus Christ was to get us through the door to the Father. So if your confidence is going to skyrocket, it's going to be because you really take this relationship series. And the attack that Satan, or the reason why Satan attacks us, is he's coming for our confidence. That's the only thing he can come for. And so I want you, I want you guys to turn me down a little bit. Uh. I want you guys to intentionally have confidence through the word. Uh, The scriptures we're gonna be coming from today is uh, chapter Hebrew, I mean chapter Hebrew, wow. I'm all over, ain't I? Uh, Hebrew chapter 10, verses 32 through 36. And the book of Hebrews is is a book that we all should be able to relate to if you understand the book because they had great faith in God, okay? They had a great faith, but the hindrance to their faith was the Jewish community. Now, if you know anything about the Jewish community, you know anything about the, the Hebrews, is that the, the Hebrews are the Jews that migrated to Hebron, and they left the Jewish community. So, in this book, this book was specifically written to, to draw them back to the Father. Because the Jews were coming in and telling them that, look, this thing y'all trying to do with this new covenant thing, it ain't real. And the only way you guys can be accepted is you come back into our community. And so they were struggling. They were struggling. They were losing faith because they thought that they had to go back to the Sabbath teachings, They were convincing them that they were doing this thing wrong. Even in the book of Galatians, Paul had to tell them like, look, we don't have to get circumcised no more. We don't have to go through the rituals no more. And so I think this passage of scripture is something we all can relate to. Verse 32 reads like this. It says, remember the early days when after you had been enlightened, you endured hard struggle with suffering. Who can relate to that? After you were enlightened. Now, we thought for a second there that once we got into the faith, everything was going to be all right. Mm. No. It says, after you had been enlightened, you endured hard struggles, hard struggle with suffering. Verse 33. It says, sometimes you were publicly exposed to taunts and afflictions. You can relate to that. Mm and other times you were companions of those who were treated that way you know somebody that been treated like this okay verse 34 for you sympathized with the prisoners and accepted with joy the confiscation of your possessions wow because you know that you yourself have a better and enduring possession now verse 35 is where we're going to extract all of our content It says, so don't throw away your confidence, which is a great reward. So while you're suffering, while you're being taunted, while all the afflictions is coming on, the writer of Hebrews said, do not get rid of your confidence. Because your confidence brings about a great reward, which means the moment we lose confidence, we lose the reward. Because confidence is linked to faith. It's linked to faith. You can't say you believe in something that you don't trust. You can't say you believe in something that you can't confide. There's no situation or circumstance that you're going through that you should not be able to approach your heavenly father and tell him about it. As a matter of fact, I've learned this as a husband. I've learned this as a father. That all I have to do is just ask. It don't matter what it is. He said ask. He said seek. He said knock. And then he promised if we ask, we will receive. If we seek, we will find. This is Jesus telling us, like I told you, Jesus came so that we can have his life. He didn't just come, like I, like I, I often say this, and I have to keep repeating it or ministering to people who are not necessarily part of how we see scripture. Because we still tend to think that we're the people coming to Jesus. We don't see ourselves as Jesus and the people coming to us. We don't see ourselves as being strong. We see ourselves as the woman with the issue of blood. We see ourselves as the man that took 38 years and he was crawling and trying to get in and touch that water so he can eventually get a blessing. And that's not who we are. That is not who we are. Jesus had a different ministry from ours because he had to die for the predestined purpose to come. And so now, the scripture is telling us to have a total different confidence that they had in the Old Testament. They didn't tell them in the Old Testament, call them father. You can't find in the Old Testament, cry Abba Father. You can't find in the Old Testament, as he is, so are you in this world. You cannot find in the Old Testament where he told them to conform to the image of my son. Imitate me. He didn't tell the children of Israel to imitate him. They couldn't. You need the nature to do that. And so we don't want to lose our reward. It says, so don't throw away your confidence, which is, which has a great reward. Verse 36 said, for you need endurance so that after you have done God's will, you may receive the promises. The promises are attached to the reward. We're talking about rewards. We're not talking about awards. We're not talking about we're competing to get a prize. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about rewards. We're talking about this is stuff that's already stored up for us. We're talking about predestined promises that were, that were ordained before the foundation of the world. And Satan doesn't want us in fellowship with the Father because he knows. The more confidence we have, the more those things come to us. The more confidence we have, the more miracles, signs, and wonders. So he intentionally comes to agitate us. He intentionally comes to agitate us because he knows our confidence in the Father is, is supposed to be in the Father. So he attacks that relationship And the only purpose he does this is to disrupt the fellowship. He doesn't want you in the word. He don't want you to open that word. He don't want you to trust the word. He don't want you to trust leadership. He don't want you to trust the word that was prophesied over you. We've been given visions and it's kind of funny how you get 10 prophecies. You go through something and you forget them all. You forget every prophecy over your life because you got fired from a job. And the whole purpose of getting fired was so you can get the promise. So the attack on our confidence is an attack on our faith, which is the relationship. The relationship is our faith. The more, the more you, your mind wraps around the fact that I'm God's child, the more you know that that DNA is in me. The more you claim I am a God. Now even religion don't want you to say that. The Pharisees got mad at Jesus. He picked up stones because he said, I'm one with my father. He said, what you stoning me for? Is it the works I do? No, we see the works you do, and the works are legit. It's the fact that you say that God is your father, which makes you equal with him. Religion don't want you to have that confidence. That's a dangerous confidence. Most ministries don't want you to have that confidence. So the message that the Hebrew writer is making is don't throw away your confidence during these attacks. Because our confidence is what manifests the reward. Like I said, the reward is everything that was already predestined to you. The reward is what's already waiting on you. It's the visions that he's giving you. He's showing you you through visions, you sitting doing the thing. He's showing you riding doing the thing. He's showing you on a stage with a mic. He's showing you with business and stuff like that. But then all of a sudden, from that vision, Satan throws a thought at you. (laughs) How you gonna do that? You ain't called to do that. You ain't anointed to do that. You know what I made up in my mind? Ain't nobody on this world gonna tell me who I am. I made up my mind. Not Not a devil in hell or a person. Not my mother, my father. I was talking to somebody and we were talking about the call, you know, of being an apostle. And the first thing came out their mouth, ain't no more apostles. Like, okay, what am I supposed to do with that? You know what you write. <laughs> I was even told ain't no more prophets. What do we need prophets for if we hear from God ourselves? And what is that coming to do to dull our ears so when a prophet speak to us, when the Bible tells us if we believe the prophet, we will be prosperous? Nah. So Satan comes to attack us because one thing he does not want us to do is to engage the Father. He does not want us practicing righteousness. He does not want us to. Why? Because every part of practicing righteousness brings a reward. Every part of it. He said if you pray to the Father, the Father will reward you. If you give, the Father will reward you. If you fast, the Father will reward you. So when it comes to praying, it's a demon on your shoulder. <laughs> when it comes to giving, it's a demon on your shoulder, whispering in your ear. If you get at what you're going to have left. Well, ain't that the purpose of giving? Because I trust, because I have confidence in my father that he's gonna give it back. We don't talk about fasting. We don't talk about fasting. Soon as you go to fast, you get a million reasons not to. He said if you study to show yourself approved, did he not tell us to study to show ourselves approved? A work we need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So he said, the more you put this word in you, it's going to prove you. The more we do community, rewards are released. So the last thing that he wants us to do is seek the Father. Hebrews 11 and 6 says this. It says, now without faith, it is impossible to please God, since the one who draws near to him must believe that he exists and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him or diligently seek him. So he's attacking our faith because he know without faith it's impossible to please. When the scriptures tell us that all things are possible with God, except when we are out of faith, <laughs> So he's attacking us because he does not want us to have faith in him. So he lets us know, the scripture lets us know, that when we draw near to him, we have to believe. So when I'm praying, I just can't pray a prayer without faith. The scriptures tell us to pray the prayer of faith. When I come before him, I'm supposed to know he exists and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So when I, when, I decide, when I decide I'm going to practice righteousness, I have to have faith in that. I can't just do it without understanding. I can't just do it frivolously. When I, when I give, I have to know that the scriptures promote this. When I give, it's going to be given unto me. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. I have to know that when I fast, I'm mortifying the deeds of the flesh so Christ can reign in me. If I don't have that on my mind, I'll quit because Satan gonna gonna inundate you with reasons why you should eat. You need strength. So you telling me I can get strength from eating but not from fasting? You don't take all that. You don't need to pray that long. Well, truth is, I don't need to go that long without praying. <laughs> I need to be in constant communication with my father. Because the scriptures let me know if I diligently seek him, he is going to reward me. How many of y'all want, what's yours? Yeah. It says he's a rewarder of those who seek him. And so he's trying to, but watch this. It says, since the ones who draw near to him, the ones who draw near to him. So what is he trying to stop us from drawing near? James 4 and 8 says this, it's not up there. Um, James 4 and 8 says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Draw near to the father and he's going to draw near to you. So Satan comes to kill your confidence So you won't draw near to him And according to scriptures If you don't draw near to him He he won't draw near to you Hebrews 7 and 19 says this For the law perfected nothing That's not up there either But a better hope Is introduced Through which we draw near to God So he created a whole covenant Giving us permission to draw near to him he created an entirely different covenant and the whole purpose of this covenant, Serena, is so we can draw near to him. Expel six covenants <laughs> to give us one. Hebrews 10 and 22 says this, let us draw near to with a true heart and full assurance of faith you see their formula draw near which means there's always a call to practice righteousness there's always a call to pray there's always a call to be obedient I like when y'all look at me like that (laughs) y'all So drawing near takes confidence in a relationship. You're not going to approach someone that you don't think is approachable. You're not going to approach someone that you don't think, you're not going to approach someone with all your situations and circumstances, all your problems if you don't think that they care. Cast your cares on me because I care. But how do we get stuck in a situation where Satan can tell us, no, nobody cares about you. What is he trying to do? Kill our confidence. Throw things in our head. Chris don't like you. I get it all the time. They ain't coming back. I say so? <laughs> yeah, well, no. I, yeah, I know what you're saying. I know. <laughs> he do it all the time. They ain't coming back. You're going to show up today. Ain't nobody going to be there. So, I'll be preaching to the seats. It don't matter. I'm on my assignment. I ain't on my assignment for people to show up. I'm on my assignment regardless. That's the mindset you have to take. My assignment is my assignment. My assignment does not mean I need people. That's why he created the secret place. See, once you get in a secret place with him, that's a one-on-one thing. That's not a group thing. When you spend that personal time with him, you have a personal voice. That personal time with him creates a personal unction. And that's the thing that Satan can't mimic. He can't mimic unctions. He can't mimic what you feel in your gut. He can't mimic that presence speaking over you, that small, still voice. He can't mimic that. You know why? Because he can't hear it. He can't feel it. He can't even see it. But if you don't get in a secret place, you'll never develop that. And so you'll have a hard time getting rid of the noise. It happens all the time. Y'all better stop playing. So drawing near takes confidence in a relationship because you must believe he exists. <laughs> you must believe that he is a rewarder. So why is our confidence under attack? To prevent us from receiving the reward and at the same time crippling our faith. Because the last thing he wants us to have is hope. He wants us to be hopeless. To be hopeless means you have no confidence. You don't think nobody's going to come through for you. You've been in that situation before. Y'all know exactly what I'm talking about. That's why I'm, I'm a big that, I made a comment last time I was teaching I said that If it wasn't for the teachings of the father Learning that he was my father I couldn't go back to church I might be a sinner in somebody's eyes Oh well Without this relationship I don't see how people show up to church I don't get it I don't understand it Now having seen it Having had the proof, I don't understand it because the thing about us is we need somebody to see us all the way through the process. You look at your you look at, you look at your children, especially when you get teenagers. Oh God, Father help. But the thing about it is this I have siblings. All my family, all my siblings, orphans. They were, all my siblings grew up without their father, okay? And sometimes you, you see part of your siblings in your kids. Huh? And sometimes I see some of my siblings in my kids. And I, talk, I told my wife, I see where such and such went wrong in. But this is the thing I tell my wife. The difference between our children and them is they got parents that's going to see them through. That's going to see them through. When, you, when, when, when you're 13, 14, 15, 16, and then that parent can get cut off, and now you raising yourself. It's a dangerous thing, even in the church. That's why Paul said, I'm gonna labor with you until Christ is formed. All the way, we're going all the way together. That's the whole purpose of this community It's to labor with you until Christ is formed. And that's the thing y'all gonna get out of us. We're gonna be there with you all the way, all the way, no matter what. That's the commission. Ups, downs, good, bads, bad attitude, good attitude, giving, not giving, it don't matter. We're going to labor with you until Christ is formed in you. Because we know how important the process is. That process is important. Miles Monroe said something that was so powerful. Why would God tell us to pray if He wasn't going to answer? If I pray to Him and He don't answer, how can I have faith? And most most of the time, when we when people pray, especially in the religious in the religious sect, they pray to God hoping He answers. That's not the life we live. We pray to the Father knowing that He's going to answer, whether it's yes, Amen. Wait, hold on. Absolutely not. <laughs> It don't matter. We're going to get an answer. And so we keep approaching uh, uh, we keep approaching prayer because we have confidence. Most of the time if you're not praying it's because you don't have confidence. And nine times out of ten the reason why you don't have confidence is either because you are 100% in the flesh or because Satan has spoken something to you that made you doubt. Philippians 127 127 Philippians chapter 1 verse 27 I'm half crazy. My mind all over the place today. Thinking about this trip. I was looking at that map. I was like, that's a long plane ride over number water. <laughs> Better have some confidence. Brother, look I ain't that much swimming in the world. I ain't that much swimming in the world, brother. you going to be, you got, shoot, I need, look, I need some, some Jesus walk on water. talk. <laughs> it reads, just one thing, as citizens of heaven, now that statement right there alone, most people don't believe that. That's not a place of faith for most people. Because in the Christian church, we're still trying to get to heaven. We don't believe that that's a citizenship. We don't believe that we are already citizens of a spiritual community that we can't even see. It says, as citizens of heaven, live your life worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then whether I come to see you or am absent, I will hear about you that you are standing firm in one spirit, in one accord, contending together for the faith of the gospel. Now half the time we fall out of faith is because we have never heard the gospel. We think the good news is that Jesus, that Jesus died on the cross and now we get to go to heaven. That the by and by, that yonder is our portion. But the gospel was all about us. The gospel was all about him reconnecting us to this relationship. Everything Jesus taught was was teaching us that, look, this relationship belongs to you. This kingdom belongs to you. He is your father just like he's mine. Everything that he talked about was about getting us into this relationship. And that's the gospel that has yet to be preached. the the good news ain't that he got beat battered and tattered and that you know what if you believe one day when you die you're going to get to see every all your reward you're going to get all your stuff what you going to do with, with money in heaven <laughs> buy a new car well you going to go with that <laughs> you got one of them Jet, George Jetson cars <laughs> but This is the part I wanted you to see, uh, Philippians 1, chapter 1, verse 28. It says, not being frightened in any way by your opponent. This is a sign of destruction for them, but of your salvation. And this is from God. So Paul is telling them, he's like, don't be frightened in any way by your opponent. You get the report, yeah, you got cancer, you got sickle cell, (laughs) you got AIDS, don't be frightened. I like the, the, uh, one translation says don't be alarmed. Don't be alarmed in any way. So that's the equivalent of right now, we smell smoke and we hear fire alarms, but we don't move. And because we don't move, that means the fire is in trouble. (laughs) This is how this looks. He says, don't be alarmed by anything. It don't matter what Satan say to you. Don't be alarmed by that. The Bible said he is as a lion. He is as a lion, Tyrese, meaning he roars. But he ain't got no teeth. He's as a lion. He scream. You ever seen somebody talk, 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 and then get in the fight, get knocked out? <laughs> That's Satan. The, my, the scripture says when we see him, we're going to be like, is this the dude? Mighty Mouse? <laughs> is this Ant-Man? <laughs> this the one that caused all that? You're going to be mad, upset. You're going to be like, Father, can we do this all over? Can we do this all over? Because if I only knew he was the size of the tip of my, of my shoestrings, we would have never been scared. We would have never feared. He says, don't be alarmed in any way. That's equivalent to right now when you hear a tornado alarm. And because we're not scared, we just keep doing what we're doing. What does that mean? The tornado in trouble. This is the power we have. This is what confidence brings us. Confidence brings authority. Authority is what brings power. Most of the time, we don't have authority because we don't have confidence in who He said we are. Because the number one, when I was in Leesville, Louisiana, and and we have and and. Uh, the father um, attached me to Miles Monroe. I started hearing the Miles Monroe teachings. I heard Miles Monroe teachings in April. By July, we was in Atlanta. I moved fast. <laughs> okay. The moment we heard those teachings, I was like, oh Yeah. I was in Chicago, it was a 15 hour drive from Chicago back to Leesville, Louisiana. I listened to them CDs all 15 hours back. By the time I got to the house, I was by myself. I was, I was free. I was free, okay? Got attacked by the, by the religious leaders, and then, once we got to Atlanta, I became bitter with the Father. I said, why would you leave me in, I was in for 10 years. I said, why would you allow me to be in this religious stuff for this long? What took you so long? Because what brought the stuff here, watch this, what brought the teachings to me was I had made my mind up. I said, you know, you can kill me. I ain't doing this no more. I got tired of walking on eggshells. I got tired of living a life trying not to sin go day after day, month after month in one sin. You mean to tell me I can go to hell? This ain't worth it, bro. Take me out now. Just bring me home. What are you playing these games with me for? He said, bro, I ain't playing no games. You just ignorant to the truth. (laughs) So here, I'm going to drop this in you. My father gave me uh, uh, 40 CDs of Miles Monroe. I listen to all of them religiously. When I tell you, I didn't listen to nothing else. I couldn't even hear the wind. When I tell you, I inundated my mind, I flooded my mind with that stuff until I became it. See, so he was waking me up in the middle of the night just breaking it down in my spirit. That's the way I knew I was a teacher because he would just wake me up in the middle of the night and just break it down to me. Let me know, son, this is truth. That's how I know when I'm teaching truth, because he keeps waking me up in the middle of the night, breaking it down to me. He just keeps breaking it down to me. So I'm like, father, why? He said, I need you to see what the kingdom was up against, because you thought it was sinners. You thought it was Satan. Nope, it's religion. The biggest enemy of the kingdom is religion. It's a form and fashion of truth. It's teaching the Bible the wrong way. That's the biggest hindrance to truth, to the gospel, is religion. He said, I needed you to see that. So you would know who to really fight because Jesus didn't have a problem with sinners. And sinners didn't have a problem with Jesus. Jesus didn't have a problem with sinners. He was eating with them, drinking wine with them. Yeah, I will not say that. <laughs> Pharisees came to him and Pharisees said, talking to the disciples, uh, do he know who he's eating with? Jesus heard him in the spirit because they are probably whispering. He said, uh... Wisdom will vindicate itself. He said, I ain't come for those who were healthy, I came for those who were sick. So why is the church attacking the sick? Sinners are the commodity. That's what he died for. So why are we attacking people who don't believe? It don't make sense. I tell you why, because religion is what we're up against. So he says, do not be frightened in, in any way by your opponents. He said, this is a sign of destruction for them. So the moment you lose fear, Satan like, uh-oh, dog on it. This means I can no longer rule their mind. It's 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 a sign of destruction. When we are not alarmed and we are not frightened in any way that is a sign to Satan, you're in trouble. So that's why he does what? Attack your confidence. Because he knows the more you're confident, the more he's in trouble. The more you're in confidence, he knows, well, I can't come to this household no more. It says, the more, don't be frightened or alarmed by him in no way, period. I gotta keep saying, I need you you to get it. This is a sign of destruction for him, but for you, that's what salvation is. That's what salvation is. So you mean to tell me salvation comes to me when I lose fear and get in faith. So you tell me when I got confidence and I'm relying on the Father and I'm trusting in him, salvation comes to me. Healing comes to me. He wants you to think you're going to (laughs) die. No, you're not. He wants you to think you're going to be like that the rest of your life. Nope. He wants you to think you're never going to get this thing together. You're going to have mental attacks after attacks, anxiety after anxiety, depression forever. But the moment you say, nah, I don't think so. The moment you gain confidence. Confidence is a dangerous thing. Confidence is the thing that he does not want you to have. Jesus in the wilderness. Huh? If you be the son of God, turn this bread into stone Uh, it's written man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds out the mouth of God he didn't say if you be a member of this church turn this bread to stone he didn't say if you be a prophet turn this bread to stone he didn't say if you be a pastor turn this bread this stone to bread He didn't say that. He said, if you be a son, he was attacking a relationship. He was trying to get Jesus, convince Jesus that his relationship with the father was not authentic. Ignorant as it was. If Satan only knew how many times he opened his big mouth, the rebuttal came out and gave us the answer. He was shut up. He's attacking the relationship because why? The relationship is where the faith is. We passed the cross. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. I'm the door. If you come through me, you're going to get right to the Father. You're going to get right into this relationship. And the more you sit in this relationship, the more you move into Abba's house, you're going to gain confidence. And the more you gain confidence, it means destruction from the demonic realm. And you have to see it from this standpoint, because this is how the Father looks at us. Are we not His children? Are we not His children? Just say it a little loud, okay? He looks at it like this: your child getting bullied. Now, child getting a fight. I mean, I'm gonna tell his story. I always tell him, you know, don't start no trouble, but finish it. If it come your way. Don't let nobody put their hands on you. So one day, it, this was even on YouTube. I'm, did, you, did, did y'all take it down? Thank you. Okay. So he gets off the bus one day. And these two brothers is talking, just come talking cold trash to him. One of the brothers hauled off and slapped him. He gave that boy one, two, three, and a foe he gave him a combo from McDonald's, Burger King, okay? And then and then went and slapped his brother. I high five him. He didn't start it. They put their hands on you, you handle your business. That's how the Father sees us, okay? He's letting you know. Don't let them bully you. You don't let Satan talk to you like that. Punk ain't got no authority. And so it's like a child. You keep coming and they picking on me. They doing it. Grow some. It's my platform. Whatever. Your son come home, nose bleeding. Oh, they hit on me. They picking up. Mm-mm. Go your boy right back out there, okay? Because if you don't do it now, the rest of your life you are gonna run. So the father is intentionally. I told you, the Bible says that angels are ministering spirits sent to minister to those who are heirs of salvation. Which means angels know that they know the path to your soul is through conversation. They have permission to minister. Satan is a dark angel. That's all he is, so he know the path to minister to you. So all he does is come and whisper, and you run. He ain't even hit you. He ain't touched you. He just said something, and you shook. And the father, and you think, Father, protect me from it. No. Nope. You're going to grow up. Keep talking to him, Satan. Keep talking to him. And, and you know what ends up happening? You wasn't going to church. But the voice got so loud, you said, I need to go to church. And then when you come to church, you get preached to. When you come to church, you constantly get filled with the word. Why do you think we keep telling you? Listen to the podcast. Listen to the podcast, practice righteousness Read, study, pray, why? Because you have to build yourself up In this relationship to handle those attacks If you don't build yourself If you don't have an it is written You're going to doubt the relationship And you don't have the it is written Because you're not studying to show yourself approved When you study to show yourself approved When you come to say When Satan says something to you You have an it is written for him Second Corinthians 103 through6. I'm almost done. Is it? Done? Okay. It says, now let me say this. I'm going to read it first, For although we live in the flesh, we do not wage war according to the flesh. Since the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but are powerful through God for the demolition of strongholds, we demolish arguments and every proud thing that is raised up against the knowledge of God. And we take every thought into captive to obey Christ. Verse 6, And we are ready to punish any disobedience once your obedience is complete. Hmm. Mm. just that last part let's just deal with the last part okay? and we are ready to punish any disobedience once your obedience is complete pray for me pastor have you been practicing righteousness no well ain't no need to pray for you (laughs) because we punish any disobedience once your obedience is complete if you ain't praying, what I'm going to pray for you for? What that's going to do? You ain't been putting the word in you. What my prayer is going to do for you? Nothing. I can pour 10 bottles of oil on you. I can drop you in a vat of oil. Come up, speak in tongues with you for 10 hours. It ain't going to substitute you praying, fasting. Studying, giving, and bringing yourself to church. It's not gonna take, but this is what I wanna say. Because typically when we read this, we think this is a conversation as if they were just having a community meeting. And he said, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. No, this was Paul talking about the apostolic assignment on his life. He was talking about him and the apostles, and he was writing a letter to them. This wasn't no message he was preaching. He was letting them know the formula. He's giving them the formula in a letter. He says... Verse 3 For although we live in the flesh, we do not wage war according to the flesh, because he said in another passage of scripture, we do not wrestle with flesh and blood. So, I attack you, Tyrese. You're supposed to look at, brother got a bad spirit. You're not supposed to attack me back. We don't wrestle with flesh and blood. It ain't McKinley. It's the thing that is controlling me. So you're supposed to go in prayer. you ain't supposed to put your dukes up. Come on, we learning. Because <laughs> sometimes we we want to see what you know. We want to see. We, we heard what you said, but we want to see what you're gonna do. I'm six foot two. Paul wasn't that tall. So I, maybe he, his revelation came through his size. I don't know. <laughs> okay. But he says, although we live in the flesh, we do not wage war according to the flesh. Since the weapons of our warfare, he's talking about the, those who are called to be apostles, he is teaching them. This is how you do this. He said the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but are powerful through God. For the what? Demolition of strongholds. Uh, Bulldozers. (laughs) Bulldozers. He's saying we're supposed to bulldoze strongholds. He says we demolish arguments. We demolish them. Satan say you can't do it. Demolish it. Don't go back and forth. Yes, I can. No. Demolish it. Get thee behind me. You're going to worship my father. Ain't that what Jesus said? It is written. You will worship God and him only. You're going to do what he said regardless of what you think. We demolish every proud thing that raises itself up against the knowledge of God. But you gotta first had the knowledge of God. Right? (laughs) So we back to of righteousness? We right back there. So, the weapons of our warfare are not... And then, watch this. And then it says, and we take every thought captive. So, you get a bad thought in your mind, seize it. He's put it in jail. Bind it. Scriptures say if you're going to plunder a strong man's house, you got to first do what? Tie it up. You got to first bind it. If you can't get Satan out your head, you can't take the goods that belong to you. It says if you don't tie the strong man up, you can't plunder which means you can't get your stuff back because the only reason why he's coming because coming talking to you is why? Because he's after your reward. He's after your confidence because he know. like I told you, I don't mind being an apostle or even announcing it because I know the hell that I went through to get here. From the time I was six, seven, he was, he was plotting. That's, what, that's why half the church is stooped in the orphan spirit. I guarantee you seven out of 10 people in the church have been molested. I don't know the the exact numbers. Been abandoned, been beaten, abused, divorced. (laughs) All over conversation. We tell married couples like this. We say the biggest dilemma you're going to have in your marriage is this. You're going to be at work the woman gonna be at work, husband gonna be at work, and Satan talking to both of y'all about each other. When y'all get home and see each other, y'all don't even want to speak. He constantly does that, does it, does it again, day after day, day after day, day after day. You feed into it, next thing he tells you, you might as well divorce him. People are divorced months before they get divorced. <laughs> months before they get divorced. And it was all because of Satan's voice in their ear. And you couldn't shut it off. Or you wouldn't shut it off. Not knowing he was simply coming for your confidence. That's it. So scripture tells us we have to bulldoze those strongholds. Those fortified, those thoughts that you set up in your mind. Okay? Those thoughts that become force in your mind which you won't let nobody through, bulldoze it. Those arguments in your head, how many of y'all, I don't want to know. I don't even want to know. How many of y'all argue with people and they ain't there? And y'all say what they gonna say. It's practice. This brother here. You come, you first one right here. Oil. What an Oil. I mean, it, it sounds stupid, don't it? But but you, whoa. <laughs> you you look. I'm trying to tell you, Satan will have you crazy about some schizophrenia. Ain't no schizophrenia. He got you talking to both sides. He got you playing both sides. You you telling the person off and then saying what they're gonna say to you. It ain't even that. Then you respond to that. And then you, yeah, how you think you got all the voices in your head? Because you're doing that with your mama, your brother, your sister, your cousin, your pastor, your friend. You got all these conversations in your head. Same t- they talking about you. He don't tell you what they say. Just they talking about you. They don't like you. That's why I tell you, your heavenly father is never going to tell you that. Even if I don't like you, the father not going to tell you that. He going, Holy Spirit, tell Dr. Hardy, uh, Serena don't like her. <laughs> like the father's in discord. And we think we're hearing in the spirit. Oh, this ain't, look, this ain't, look, this ain't nothing new. This is happening all over the church. He ain't talking to those he already got. He only talking to children of God. Like my wife said, we was watching Mortal Kombat, and you had to have a seal on you in order to be a part of the tournament. And so this woman, Sonia, she didn't have the seal. She eventually got it from beating Kano. Good movie. If you can stay in the other stuff and go on. But, but, she, but when Sonya didn't have the seal, they were fighting and she got ready to kill her. And she said, you don't have the seal. Your life ain't even worth it. Disappeared. And went to find somebody with the seal. She said, there's no pleasure in shedding your blood. That's how Satan says, man, worry about the world. It's these people here talking about God, their father. That's the issue I have. The problem I have with you is you think you like Jesus. I can't let that happen. That's why the Bible said, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, neither has entered into the heart the things he had prepared for them that love him. But watch this. The Bible said, has Satan known, has Satan known that Jesus died on that cross was going to make millions of him? He would have never killed him. Jesus still be alive he'll still be alive had he known he thought once I get rid of him that's it we good now I can run the world no the moment you kill him we multiplied now you got a whole family of us you had one person now you got all of us to deal with he like that was stupid like them baby kids they don't die they multiply So that's why Paul said we are ready to punish any disobedience after your obedience is complete. Okay. Ain't no need of doing spiritual warfare if we're not practicing righteousness. It's a waste of time. you warn for people who don't want it. He said, we are ready to punish any disobedience after your obedience is complete. Your confidence is paramount. It's more important than anything else in your Christian walk. It's what makes us draw near by faith. It allows us to war from his household. We're fighting from a seated position. He already told us where we seated. You seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. That's where you warring from. But you don't think that. <laughs> That's your confidence. Your position is your confidence. Amen. So don't get rid of your confidence. All right. Don't get rid of your confidence. Stop listening to Satan. Get you some some scriptures together, okay, in any area. If it's fear, get all the scriptures in the Bible on fear and constantly confess them. Meditate on them. He said if you meditate on the word, you will be like a tree planted by the rivers of living water and you will bring forth fruit in your due season. If you what? Faint not. Father, we thank you right now for your word, for your truth, for your glory. Father, we thank you, oh, Father. We hide your word in our heart that we would not sin against you. Father, we thank you that your word is a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path. Father, we take your word as truth, as spirit and life. Father, we engage your word and we thank you for your word, oh, Father. We thank you for everything that was said. Father, we ask you, oh, Father, that you would build our confidence up through the scripture. Build our confidence up in prayer, Father. Build our confidence up through fellowship, Father, that we may be one with you. Father, we exalt you right now, Father, and we thank you for what you are about to do in our life. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So I wanted to do that, like I said, because we got to increase our confidence. All right. We can't let up now. Every attack on your life, I'm telling you, is so you won't open that Bible. (laughs) Every frustration, every argument in your household. And so you get frustrated and won't pray. How many of y'all was going to pray, got in an argument and didn't? How many of y'all was on your way to church and got some bad news and turned around? That's why he did it. He don't want us to have confidence in his world. Our confidence is dangerous.